Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer, his name is Andy Rossi, and have we got a show for you, Andy. I'm excited to chat about this movie, are you excited? I am, yeah, you seem more excited than usual. I mean, you're usually (laughs) excited, but you gave a big hello there. It's because we're not recording at six in the morning or whatever (laughs) we normally do. We're we're recording at a regular time, and it is kind of a delight you know i'm rested i've eaten got a chance to work out as opposed to mm-hmm. rolling out of bed and scrambling going shoot 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 we're starting we're starting. which movie was it <laughs> so i'm excited this is going to be a fun one and we have a fun guest as well so i'm really excited to get into it let's not wait any longer let's bring on the special guest wow tyler box coming through with the headphones with the microphone (laughs) how you doing thanks for joining us i'm doing good thanks for having me it's a pleasure so i am very eager to chat about this movie with you i have a feeling we're gonna have some interesting comments throughout but for anyone who's new to the show for anyone who hasn't heard of this show before and just stumbled across it (laughs) it's the evolution of movie show and what we do is we watch a movie and then we chat about it like it's a book club but we call it the evolution of movies because we always pick a movie that came out one year after the last movie we watched. So started in 1980, went to 1981, 1982. Now we're all the way up to 2017, wow. a time when movie theaters had hits like The Shape of Water, A Dog's Purpose, and of course, <laughs> The Disaster Artist. Uh-oh. But we aren't talking about any oh, of those. <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> Baby Driver, a movie IMDb describes as After being coerced into working for a crime boss, a young getaway driver finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail. Mm. Tyler, had you seen this movie before and what were your thoughts going into it this time around? I had, you know, I had only actually seen it in theaters, so it's the first time I've watched it uh, since. But uh, it's definitely one of my favorite genres, the the very niche genre of uh, the neo-noir crime thriller with uh, the loner who falls in love. Mm-hmm. And uh, I going into it with Edgar Wright's, uh, you know, directing style is really interesting to see how he'd interpret that because I feel like it's not necessarily a genre I would expect from him. Yeah, this is. I like that you say that this is a niche genre you love because I love it too. I love crime genres. I love, even though there's some stereotypical kind of uh, parts in this movie, I love it. You're, you're the loner that falls in love. I love that. How do you not love that? That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it checked a bunch of boxes for me and I was really excited to, uh, uh, to, to go back and view it. Well, I saw it in theaters too. And I remember it was one of those movies that I kind of left, like all the songs were stuck in my head mm-hmm. and like you kind of wanted to dance where you walked like a uh, baby does, <laughs> uh, just a cool, cool movie. Andy, uh, <laughs> what were your thoughts going into it this time around? I know you've seen it before. I know you liked it when you saw it before. Cause I remember your social media commentary when it came oh. out. And uh, but I, so I want you to tell me about what you thought about it going into it this time around. But also, this is where I play a little game, Tyler. What's going to happen is Andy is going to try to guess the Rotten Tomato score. And then you are going to have to guess whether or not the actual score is higher or lower than what Andy guessed. All right. So Andy, all right. Yeah. Start us off. Well, yeah, I mean, I did see kind of like Tyler. I, I saw it last in the theater. I don't think I've seen it since then. So it was for me, it was great, great to go back and check out this movie. And, and like you said, Jack, I definitely like after this movie, I was in my kitchen grabbing stuff and like dancing around trying to shut the cabinets cool. And yeah, I definitely can't, can't pull off what baby can pull off. Um, I enjoyed it. 
I don't remember if critics liked it or not. Um, I have one friend. I remember his girlfriend or now wife was like, I hate that movie. I'm like, how many hate that movie? <laughs> so maybe not everybody loved it. So I'm going to I would personally put it pretty high. I'd put it like in the 90s. But um, I'm going to go like I'll go <laughs> 82. 82 still solid still yeah. good good movie still liked uh but tyler do you think that critics felt the same way is it higher or lower than 82 percent? i will say andy nailed it one time he's gotten it <laughs> that's one, what i one like, time one time one time 40 baby let's make it twice i, I was honestly I, I was feeling more like 87 i feel like mm. a little higher but 82 is i think i would agree with that but i have a feeling it's a little bit higher Rotten Tomatoes has this movie sitting at 92%, putting it right up there with Ghostbusters and uh, with Mad Max Fury Road and Indiana Jones, all the other big ones. So critics loved this movie. Now, I went to social media, I went to Twitter, and I asked people what they thought of this movie. So just to get a quick uh, turnaround, we got... At E underscore Rob 88 says the movie's <laughs> overrated. Uh, Zach Varda said, for better or worse, all I really remember is loving its use and choice of music. Uh, McKinley Pierce said he thoroughly enjoyed it. David won't shut up said, one of those, one of the great openings of all time. It's mid after that, but the opening chase scene is fire. Darwin Finch says, great film with a great soundtrack. George Moses said he didn't like it. And friend of the show, Flobo Boyce. Wraps it all, all up by saying it kind of lingered at the end of the party too long, but it was a fresh approach that I thought was fun. Lots That's his fun. guy. That's Flobo's guy. He loves uh, uh, Pil- Scott Pilgrim, right? Yep. Big Scott Pilgrim fan. That's one of yeah. his favorite movies. Uh, so interesting takes. I will say I love this movie. We'll get into it. I think that this is a watch it once kind of movie, though. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll talk about it uh, as we go through. But um, as we get into the movie, before we start really peeling the potatoes that are this movie, <laughs> uh, I want to say thank you to everyone who is listening on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a five-star review if you are. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Hit the little bell that lets you know when new episodes go up. Oh, yeah. Do that. You know, like, comment, share. Share this with your friends. Subscribe. Leave a little comment if letting us know what you thought of this movie, by the way. I'd love to know your thoughts as well in the comment section. But for now, let's just dive into this movie. You guys ready to do this? Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. A gang of highly suspicious-looking bank robbers head into a bank yeah. while Baby rocks out in his car. The, the robbers come out, pile into the car, and the police are hot on their tails as we get a car chase, dodging traffic, road spikes, and more. But it's blending in with other red cars and switching spots under a bridge before sneaking into an underground parking lot that finalizes the getaway. Baby dances down the street and picks up some coffee, and the gang divides the money while Doc explains who Baby is and what his deal really is. The Punisher gives Baby a hard time because Baby doesn't have to get his hands dirty. Everyone goes their separate ways, and Baby gives the legendary words, one more job, as Doc gives him a pair of driving gloves. Tyler, tell us about this world that we are going to live in for two hours and the characters that inhabit it. Um, you know, it's, it's funny that you had said that you think it's a, a movie that you watch once and then you're kind of done with it because I did notice watching it the second time. It felt so much longer than I think it really is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was 
I was like, I feel like I've been watching this for two and a half hours. And then I checked, it's, it's only like, I think it comes in under like an hour 50. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I do really enjoy seeing this genre taken on by someone like Edgar Wright because it has all of his like signature stuff. The the opening one shot, which and I also think his quick like snapping and editing works so well in these types of action sequences. It's so clear cut about what's going on. I don't feel like you're ever lost in any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do say something else that's different from, you know, to, you know, like Drive, uh, Le Samurai, Thief, you know, the other movies that associate with this type of genre is I feel like there's a lot more dialogue in in uh, Baby Driver. I feel like a lot of these movies tend to lean on the edge of like just building atmosphere, whereas mm-hmm. I feel like a, there's a lot more actual ongoing discussions between the characters. Mm-hmm. And the characters mm-hmm. in the discussion, I'm glad you mentioned that because Andy, I want, and I want to kick this to you. Uh, I want to just the the use of the characters all being so interesting, so different, but all having so much individual character themselves. And you see a lot of that in this dialogue where I, I don't know. And I, I don't want to say too much. So I want you to take it away. But I love how they're the, they're they're all strong characters. None of them are the kind of characters that back down, mm-hmm. but they're still different and they still like argue. It, it's just an interesting dynamic that I really love about these kind of movies. <laughs> yeah, I I love what you said at the beginning, and I was thinking that exact thing about the characters is they look like bank robbers. They come out <laughs> yeah. and they got like black trench coat. John Hamm looks so cool in this movie. I love yes. his hair. I love his five o'clock shadow. He's just making out the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like his character is so great but it's funny because you got him like you said with john bernthal the the punisher and they both just look like these badass dudes where like for sure i would uh you know i'd be in the bank and being like uh i think these guys are gonna rob this place <laughs> like it's definitely yeah. like pretty obvious not but, subtle but i love the beginning of this movie i i really think it might be my favorite part just because it really kicks off and you're like you know what is this this is so unique it's bank robbers he's in the car just i don't know what song that is in the beginning but i i love it it's just such a fun song and then like his driving i mean any drive car chase i'm in i'm in for it so just starting off this movie i feel like it you're like i'm in i'm in for this i don't know what this is but i'm down yeah what i love about i was think what's important about these kind of movies is the um this is a group you want to hang out with. Like you want to be a part of this, not hang out with like, they they seem dangerous. I don't want to hang out because they're dangerous, but like every one of them, like you want to be cool enough to hang out with this group. Very, it's, they're very different movies, but very Pulp Fiction. Like, like you want to hang out with John Travolta and uh, Samuel Jackson, you know, you want to be cool enough. I want to be cool enough to hang out with uh, darling and buddy. And I I don't think they ever gave the Punisher a name. I didn't catch that, but um, Uh, Griff, Griff, Griff. back to the future. Oh, Griff. So uh, you want to be cool enough to hang out with these people. And you're right. John Hamm, like you're so I'm so used to seeing him as like the buttoned up suit, you know, uh, corporate guy. And you see him with like the the hair slicked back and the, I, I, I like, love this it. guy's going to kill somebody. He's so awesome. I don't know why he hasn't done more movies like that. Um, and he's like a cyborg. I mean, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but, man, They did not want to get rid of him. Will not go down, which is interesting. <laughs> we'll talk about that because it's it's. I love how they build him as the friendliest of the group until mm-hmm. the end. And then he's the scariest of the group. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Tyler, I want to talk a bit about how this movie uses music so much. And 
I think that's the first thing people think of when they think of this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, that opening song, by the way, Andy, it's on my workout playlist. I couldn't tell you what it's called. Bell, bell Bottoms, I think it's called. Is that what it's called? I think oh, it's called uh, Bell Bottoms. Yeah, that sounds uh, right. It's on the workout playlist. I don't know. Is it bump, bump? Uh, yeah. But Tyler, the music, obviously, it, it's such a part of this, even to the way Baby dances as he walks, walks around. But I noticed in this scene when he's getting the coffee, even along the street it references the song like when he walks by the trumpet store it plays trumpets in the song Mm -hmm. and it says like slide on the wall as he's walking by it and then it's talking about how music is like part of this movie yeah i mean edgar Wright's of music i feel like is always so strong i kind of feel like baby driver is like a part of the unofficial musical trilogy of his with scott pilgrim and uh, last night in soho where Mm -hmm. the plot really revolves around it um, one of my favorite things I noticed on this watch of Baby Driver is the way that all the uh, bullets, all or all mm-hmm. the fire, like gun sound effects, are in to the beat of the music. Yeah, and same with all the action; it's all on beat. Which mm-hmm. I remember reading somewhere that he had to storyboard really intensely all of the action sequences and get the timing down just right in order for you know in order for each uh, shot to line up with the beat, which is incredible. Yeah, yeah, that beginning with the lyrics on the wall was just so mm-hmm. impressive. Even like the choreography of it, you know, he had to stop at that exact moment, you know, do the trumpet sounds and stuff. I, it was just very cool. It very much felt like they made the soundtrack first and then built mm-hmm. a movie around the soundtrack. That's uh, what it seemed like, yeah. Uh, which was so cool to, to see. And it was a great soundtrack, too. Like, it was all interesting. It was all, like, not overused songs, but still sounded cool. Uh, random, by the way, totally unintentional. Two nights ago, I watched Last Night in Soho. I didn't even wasn't even planning on wow. the connection. I was just going, like, oh, wow, fun, fun stuff. Uh, so we, uh, Should we talk about that one? No, I'm kidding. No, let's <laughs> change this entire show. Everyone's gonna be like, I, it up. I haven't. I don't think I've seen. I think I've watched it one night on HBO Max, and I fell asleep for part of it, then woke up. So I think I missed <laughs> some stuff in between. So I uh, definitely wouldn't have a lot to say. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you can fill in the gaps. Uh, so at Baby's apartment, he uses sign language to communicate with Joe as he dances around and makes a sandwich. Joe sees Baby on TV for Rob in the bank, and he doesn't like it. That night, Baby reveals he's been recording conversations with the gang, but it's to remix them to a beat. <laughs> at a diner, Baby meets a waitress, and they chat and flirt, and I'm getting a feeling that there's a connection between these two. But while Baby is smitten, he's also got a job to do. A new team is put together, and they're all characters, but again, no one trusts each other. Doc explains how and why Baby owes him money before explaining the plan. It starts and they argue about masks before the robbery goes a little bad and people are (laughs) shot. During the escape, a hero tries to stop them and it makes the getaway a little rougher than it was supposed to be. They shake the hero and carjack a lady before getting back into the parking structure and into their other vehicles. But JD left his shotgun behind. JD is killed and baby has to dispose of the car with JD's dead body in it, triggering memories of his mom and dad, particularly of his mom singing and giving him an iPod. Um, This is a, we get another, and we get obviously another um, uh, chase scene in here, but this is also where we're starting to learn a little bit more about who baby is with the Mm -hmm. Joe at the apartment. And later we'll find the name Debbie at the diner and just kind of figure out who he is. I could have gotten more Joe 
he's so good in this movie. They're like dynamic together. I, I could have done with felt really bad for him at the end. He just made me sad. Uh, but yeah, their like relationships. Great. And I think um, what's the actor's name? Baby driver. Ansel. Ansel Egglort. I think he yeah, learned sign like language for this role because uh, he's on point with all that stuff. You know, I thought that was great. I liked him dancing around, making the was it like a grilled cheese sandwich or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really love their like dynamic together. It's really great. Yeah, this was uh, Tyler. This is where a small thing I noticed is this is where uh, Bats, Jamie Foxx's character, says the moment you catch feelings is the moment you catch a bullet. And we knew that he obviously was starting to have some kind of feelings for Debbie. But what I liked about this is in conjunction with that, now when he's getting coffee, he's bumping into people. He doesn't quite have the same rhythm that he Mm -hmm. used to. Jamie Foxx was kind of right in what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, I feel like all of his behavior becomes more erratic too. And you, but also Jamie Foxx's character from the start, Bats is probably i think the most interesting character in my opinion mm-hmm. um he really drives it i think the tension for me every scene he's in yeah i i love the shirt he's got too what is it like a king of hearts or something like that it's just like a giant playing card on his sweater and his, it's his bat tattoos up the <laughs> yeah yeah it's every character in this movie i felt like you could have peeled off and made a separate movie about and that's mm-hmm. what i loved about this movie is I would totally be down to see Buddy and Darlene on a side adventure or Bats and where Bats came from or uh, Griff and what Griff's story is. or like They all just have interesting, like, who are these people? And again, they're all just, no one backs down from the other one. No one takes anything from anyone else. And I loved even just the small like cameo from Flea and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> No-No's. And he was like, well, he said something like, n- n- it's a no-no asking no-nos about the no's. It's a no-no-no-no's question, yeah. <laughs> I wonder where um, Doc found all these people, by the way. See, like, that, w- and that would be Craigslist. fun to see. Just Craigslist. Yeah. Craigslist ad. And you know what's one thing I didn't notice until I, I read some trivia on IMDb was that, because uh, I thought it was kind of like, not abrupt, I guess is the wrong word, but how he says to the waitress, how baby says to the waitress, you are so beautiful. And she's just like, thanks or whatever. I'm like, that eh, seemed like, I don't know. That seemed like a big line to just throw out there, but it was, he was watching TV earlier, flipping through the channels with fight club and uh, monsters Inc. And there's something else on there. And that's all those lines came back in mm-hmm. the movie. I, I'd never noticed that before. Yeah, the, yeah, a lot of the a lot of his dialogue is recycled stuff that he's either heard on the TV or another mm-hmm. character said to him, and then he says it to another one later. And I think that's yeah, really interesting that he's kind of like the music, just repeating what he hears because mm-hmm. he's a big phony. <laughs> Coffee and everything, everything else. But that that song stuck in my head. It's in my head now. What was he slow? What what what, <laughs> what, what, what was he slow? <laughs> I thought it was interesting that he has all this stuff. I thought it was a fun little play too, that he has all this stuff to make music and stuff that would probably be pretty annoying to anyone you're living with, but Joe's deaf. So it doesn't bother. (laughs) It's a good living situation. Yeah. (laughs) Just another fun little play on ears and hearing and that being a a thing. And I also love that like baby in this scene, he can't start the, the heist until the song is at the right spot. Love that. Wait, I got to start over. Uh, because there's this part of you that's like, what are you doing? And then there's also this part of you that's like, I kind of, everyone kind of <laughs> does that. Like if you're at the gym and like 
you know, the workout, like you wait for the beat to drop before you start lifting, you know, or something. Yeah. It's a, or like with like wrestling or something, you got to wait yeah. for that part to enter on your uh, or yeah. like fighting. You know, you want to wait for your or at weddings, the grand entrance. You got to wait right. for your the beat drop. Yeah. So it's all uh, I thought that was really, uh, really fun. And just a little small thing, too. I like that he was looking at the newspaper and it talked about how the string of uh, robberies, are they connected? Just a very subtle directing thing of letting us know that, OK, there's been a lot of them. The heat is on. People are catching on. There's an issue. Heat. You know what I mean? It's not just it's a very quick way of letting us, the viewer, know that like stakes are starting to get higher. If this was Grand Theft Auto, a few more stars are starting to pop up <laughs> on the screen there. And and this uh, part that you just talked about was my favorite part as far as comedy. The Michael Myers masks. So, so funny. funny. It's just so clever. And I just love how he doesn't understand that he didn't get it right. He's like, yeah, he's like, you're supposed to get Michael Myers a Halloween mask. These are <laughs> Michael Myers Halloween masks. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a great, the whole thing was such a great who's on first situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, that was really fun. And by the way, though, I don't know. I, I looked it up. They were in Atlanta People in Atlanta are wild. I don't know if I saw a bank robbery, there's no way I'd be chasing after them in my truck, <laughs> shooting at them and like going off road and stuff like, oh, like that guy, that guy, I needed to know more about that guy. When they said the Punisher was in this movie, I thought it was uh Griff, but no, <laughs> yeah. I guess it was this guy. Cause he was, he had like machine guns. I was like, what the <laughs> heck is this guy doing? Uh, yeah, but that was really talk about that guy. Like, I would have that would have been my thing. I've been like, so, anyways, this guy comes out of no, like they never even really like mentioned that guy. <laughs> yeah, it was just they kind of, oh, yeah, that happens. Oh, it's Atlanta, <laughs> it's a hot Atlanta for a reason. Uh, you no, know, I remember watching the first time I kept expecting Griff to come back or something because you know, when he leaves, he says, if you don't see me again, it's because I'm dead, and then you never see him again. And then the whole movie, I was wondering this, and I was like. Do we get any hint that he dies or anything happens to him? I don't. I didn't catch anything. Yeah, no, that's true. But you're right, and I. It, it, but it's that's one of those fun little things that makes you wonder: like, is did he die, mm -hmm. or did he just not get a call back? Because they do dead? say that he uses a different he, team every is time. He, is he dead? <laughs> is, he, is he dead? <laughs> is 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 he dead? Uh, but it also makes it feel like how many people does Doc know? Like it just makes Doc seem like a more connected person uh, with all this. But yeah, I was kind of hoping he'd come back. I looked it up. I think this was before he really became a big name. So I don't think that's, I think that's probably, he probably only had the one. I think it was like just after he was in daredevil. Mm -hmm. uh, and can but, I ask you guys, did you feel strange watching Kevin Spacey? <laughs> yeah. With his nephew. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. I just kind of like, was like, ha. Could yeah. this have been like Christopher Walken, <laughs> you know, somebody like, yeah, it didn't get me. It didn't bother me that much at first, but when his nephew came in for some reason, yeah. it was a little bit like, mm, this is weird. Yeah. Um, well, and just how he called him baby all the time. He's like, aren't you my baby? And I'm like, Ugh. Oh, <laughs> things that aged poorly. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of baby, baby goes back to the diner and chats up the waitress again. And she sticks around just for him. Another waitress says, baby's mom used to work there. We find out that the waitress's name is Debbie. They head to the laundromat and they learn more about each other. 
Baby, now having paid his debt to Doc, gets a job delivering pizza, which is just incredible, and <laughs> takes out Debbie to a swanky restaurant. But Baby doesn't have to pay because Doc is covering the bill. Doc says he has another job, and Baby's going to drive for him whether he likes it or not. The next day, Doc sends Baby to case a post office, but the kid he's with seems to do a better job than Baby does. <laughs> ba back at Baby's apartment, Doc makes it clear that he knows everything about Baby, and Baby calls Debbie to say he still wants to leave town with her. Uh, Tyler, this is kind of that point in the movie where we see just how deep Baby really is in all this. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, like we said earlier, though, with him repeating stuff, I remembered that with the dining is he repeats what Buddy says to Darling or what they say in the car when he says, mm -hmm. "Take it's the finest whining and dining in town. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't have his own words for it. So he just repeats exactly what they said. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this this I think this is really the part where you see kind of the tension rising and you see how deep he's gotten into this and that it's really at that point where he's not going to get out. Did Andy, did the fact that the waitress and uh, that Debbie and baby, the fact that they hit it off a little too easy bother you, or was it just like, oh, this is a fun stylist movie. I'm down. When I first saw it, I, I was like, I'll, I just loved every, I was <laughs> very into everything that happened. I'm like, of course, yeah. of course she goes for him. It did seem like a little too easy to me. Yeah. She just kind of like starts flirting with him right away. He flirts back and that's it, you know, but who knows? Maybe that's true love. <laughs> I guess love it for some, yeah, because she comes on like she he's like, Wow, you're beautiful. And she's like, Yeah, let's run away together. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it seemed very quick. It's it's like that trope that you see in those movies, like to the extreme, I feel mm -hmm. like. Because it, it's yeah. it, you know, that it's always the the loner criminal finds the the waitress or whatever. But yeah, it was kind of like she sang and it was like, All right, yeah, they're in love. Sure, why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, but, you know what I noticed this time around too that bugged me was especially like Jamie Foxx's character and I, I think all of all of them. Uh, all the hoodlums they really had a problem with his music they were like so angry that he's wearing like ear ear earbuds all the time they're like what's with this guy was he some sort of idiot i'm like yeah. just listen to the music like it's not like he's doing anything crazy These people kept, hate music they yeah. hate headphones there's oh, one thing slow? i hate it's music and joy <laughs> yeah it's just kind of <laughs> to me it was i think what made it weird is uh griff does it first and then bat does it bats does it and they're so aggressive about it it's not just a yeah. hey what's what's this guy's deal it's like how dare you listen <laughs> an ipod <laughs> who do you think you are steve jobs what are you doing yeah it was just that that was very very weird but i guess it was just a I think it did help to show that he's an outsider and he's not really one of them even though i feel like you could just look at everyone else and him and know right away he does not belong with yeah. this group um i love one of the lines darling says too i wrote it down uh she says it was real romantic when you stabbed that guy <laughs> and he's like <laughs> which which one <laughs> the one that uh did this this or the one that looked at you funny yeah. the last one yeah that was pretty what if baby stabbed someone for the waitress because they heard that was what you were supposed oh. to do <laughs> I have a different viewpoint on baby now that I realize he's just a copycat just doing what everyone else does. He yeah. Probably doesn't even like driving. He probably just saw a driver one day and was like, I guess that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> but uh, Could be. Uh, so, uh, but this is where, um, wait, we got to talk about Sam though. The little boy. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Take it away. Movie. I forgot yeah. Sam. Oh no. I was just going to say that kid was great. Like kind of like the Joe character. I, I could have seen the nephew again. He was kind of yeah. fun. <laughs> 
Like he <laughs> he was kind of like diabolical. There were a lot of characters in this, and I don't know if it was just to create more of a world for this movie, or if it was I don't know what. There's a lot of characters that didn't. He didn't really. We didn't really need Sam in this movie, and the movie would have been <laughs> just fine. I felt like in a lot of ways too, we didn't even need baby's parents in this movie like i think feel like if you took them out completely the movie still kind of holds water like it doesn't mm-hmm. really i don't know i don't know if they developed enough of his character for me to feel like they were necessary even mm-hmm. i mean joe grounded him and gave him a little bit of like watch out for these guys if they find where you live but i like i don't know i feel like there's a lot of stuff even the the mixtapes he was making didn't really matter it was a slight plot device but at one point but it was very yeah i was just thinking about joe uh joe says i don't want that money i just thought it was funny like he sees that he's hiding the money in the floorboards and he he just leaves it you know he's like "Eh, maybe 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 i'll just leave it there maybe it'll come back to me later i don't know i'll pretend i don't want peanut butter sandwiches and watch tv (laughs) i i I can understand i relate yeah actually that's how joe had the life (laughs) he has money on your floorboards peanut butter sandwiches and and movies you know monsters inc playing on repeat yeah uh so so we uh, we move on and another gang is put together. This one, a combination of the two we had seen before. They all chat and get to know each other and bond. Bats hates it. After hearing the plan, <laughs> they grab some snacks at a gas station and Bats robs it. They go to grab some weapons from the butcher and have a fun banter before Bats start shooting everybody. Bats says they were cops, so they blow the place up. Bats continues to push buttons and now wants to go to the diner Debbie works at. Debbie and baby pretend to not know each other while bats acts like he knows everybody else and saying who, what their backstory must be and pushes Debbie's buttons. Bats is about to kill Debbie, but baby stops him. They leave and baby leaves a note showing that he's still on to get out of town. Doc wants to know why the butcher was killed and says that the job is over because the butcher really was a cop. And now the cops will be looking for them. The gang wants to do it, however, so it's still on, and Baby recorded the whole thing. Baby tries to leave at 2 a.m. as promised, but both Buddy and Bats catch him, and Bats finds the recorded conversation. They find the tapes that he made and find out Debbie knows Baby, and they want a new driver, but Baby insists to do the job. Mm. Uh, Tyler, this is where the movie started to feel like it was getting a little overcomplicated for what it was (laughs) trying to be. Um, That wasn't overly long. I always say you have up to two hours to fill it up with whatever you want after two hours you need to start justifying everything so i'm not super mad but it did feel like this is where the movie started to get a little bit like do we need the gas station robbery do we need do we need a little hat on a hat it was yeah yeah there were there were like yeah there were like four tense scenes in a row and i was like i think you could really just play it off with one or two of that that tension like especially the diner i think was my favorite scene because mm-hmm. you can yeah. feel the tension of like oh this that because especially after watching bat's character be absolutely maniacal which i couldn't i also for a long time i couldn't see him um as anyone except for his character from horrible bosses especially because <laughs> kevin spacey's in it and so uh, I, yeah. I just, uh, but motherfucker Jones. Jones. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so I, so for a while i couldn't take him seriously but yeah by the diner scene that that tension is definitely there but it does seem to that is definitely the part where it the movie feels like okay i feel like we're we should be wrapping it up now yeah. right yeah I, I do love he had a line there where he says uh you do cr- you commit crime to support your drug habit i do drugs to support my crime <laughs> habit yeah um but 
Andy, this is where I do kind of like how they don't tell us the backstory of the people in this gang, but Bats kind of fills it in for us. And they basically say that, yeah, he, he basically, yeah, I, am a, I commit crimes. This is what I like to do. And you kind of fills in that maybe uh, Buddy and Darlene, are, they're just weekend warriors when it comes to this kind of stuff. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, like Tyler said, that scene is just so, you know, scary because you don't know what's going to happen. And for poor Deborah in the middle of all that, you know, she's so sweet. It's kind of like, you know, she doesn't really get what she's gotten herself into getting, getting in with baby. But I do love the darling and buddy relationship. He says something, uh, when there's that big shootout, he says, uh, he says, you got my wife shot. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny. That that scene, the, the diner scene was actually one of my low-key favorite parts of the movie. I think the opening chase is my favorite because that's, yeah. that's just great chasing. But the the diner, I think, as far as just the characters and the tension and the acting is all great. Mm-hmm. I not to belabor a point, but I do feel like robbing the gas station and having the whole butcher thing sort of took the thunder out of it because I felt at that point I was already like, okay, these guys are just getting into trouble everywhere. The butcher, while I liked him felt a little overdone. Like I get it. You're a butcher and you're calling everything different pieces of pork. Like, but it felt like Tyler, am I being, am I being nitpicked? No, I, I think, that I think like that's five kind of too long. No, I think that's kind of uh, what I meant though. When I said like Edgar Wright's style doesn't, I wouldn't necessarily put it in this type of movie because those jokes were always like very like Coronetto trilogy, you know, hot fuzz yeah. almost. And so sometimes that tonal shift definitely like, like like the butcher being a little overdone of like, that feels like a character that would have fit in hot fuzz yes. or, or Shaun of the dead or something. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's a little unexpected, but it's like every now and then the movie kind of reminds you like, Oh, this is Edgar Wright. Right. Yeah. It's, that's very, it's very true. I do to give it a plus side. I do again, feel like they did a good job of building the world like it doesn't mm. feel like this is just a, a a couple characters that we're watching i i feel like there's a world and a criminal underworld mm. something that john wick did very well where it's not just a it isn't just one person there's an actual like if if baby leaves crime will still com- continue and all that stuff will still happen so i do like it for that reason um, I, I thought it was funny too when they find his uh cassette tape Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's when he's sneaking out and then i think jamie fox punches him in the face and yeah. then he's out cold they go all the way to joe's house they get all the cassette tapes they come back to their little hangout and then baby just comes to i'm like from one punch yeah it's jamie jamie fox <laughs> i'm just like okay yeah, he hits really hard. That's, that's <laughs> what it is. I don't know how I long so. you're supposed to be knocked out for. I guess if you watch like UFC and stuff, guys get knocked out and they're kind of like coming to a few minutes later. But I don't know. I've never been punched that hard because I'm a tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I'm like, man, they had a lot of time while he was out. There was another thing that happened that didn't matter. Is It kind of mattered, but it felt like you didn't need to do it. was the uh, baby fantasizing about driving off with Debbie like like it was the 50s oh yeah um still saying again i'm just i'm nitpicking here but i remember i watch i watched that and i get it does tie in at the end but it's also very like loose like oh yeah yeah i see yeah it was (laughs) kind of feels like a reshoot like they were like let's throw these two in why not you know yeah and you're right about like the butcher stuff because in the end that didn't even really matter because he's like they were cops and 
Kevin Spacey says, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Which, right. you know, it's, yeah, say it is a little, uh, like loose end it like loose ends but it kind of fits with the genre i guess you know with all the the twists and turns and mm-hmm. uh and you know the kind of the red herrings and stuff um i will say uh kevin spacey's character his turn doc's turn is probably one of my like the one of the most uh unexpected like different tropes you know or different from the tropes of that genre because oh, typically yeah. you know like, like in drive it, you know you mm-hmm. have the the typical guy who's in charge of the criminal who you know comes back to kill him even though he's like a son to me you know and so was, that, yeah. that was like a good unexpected uh difference yeah and, and we'll we'll definitely talk about that because that was a um that was that was very that, that surprised me a lot and so we go back and it's time for the job at the post office and baby tries to warn the post office employee he met earlier, but it just gets a cop killed. Bats is about to shoot baby when he won't drive away. So baby impales him on a pipe. <laughs> we now get a shootout in the streets. Baby runs to a mall and changes his outfit, but the police are right behind him. Eventually baby gets back in a car and darling and buddy run into baby and the shootout continues. But darling doesn't make it so buddy goes ballistic and goes after (laughs) the cops and baby and destroys baby's ipod now baby has to carjack a woman but doesn't have his music to help so he heads back home and helps joe and grabs all the cash he's been stashing baby gets out of the apartment just in time and drops off joe at an old folks home with some instructions of how to take care of him and tells debbie he is on his way now, before we get into this final act of the movie, Andy, every great heist movie needs a good street shootout. Yeah, this was great. This was, I mean, aside from the beginning of the film, I loved the on foot, like jumping down the escalators, going down the other way, going through. And I, I thought once he changed his outfit, the cops would be like, oh, OK. <laughs> but yep. they did make it more realistic. Where they're like the jean no, jacket yeah, and the baseball hat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, no, we <laughs> not, clearly not see not. you. Yeah, <laughs> but what a yeah, what a great chase scene! I, it was unbelievable. Yeah, you don't get a whole lot of good on foot chase scenes in movies anymore, and and it was a little parkour, uh, but that's was still kind of cool. That was cool to see too. I, I say it begrudgingly. It was a little parkour because I was thinking. Who can Zero. do that? Like, what? When did he learn to parkour in the middle of all of his driving and stuff? But uh, <laughs> uh, you just kind of—he does it in a way that you don't feel like he's overly talented at this kind of stuff. He's just very good at it. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, yeah, but he's we also really fast. But we also see Tyler that he's a good guy. That he's like he says he's sorry to the lady as he's stealing the car. Yeah. He's still got a heart of gold. <laughs> he throws her her purse and takes time to find a good radio station. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so it, it does make you realize that he it, it's a reminder that he needs the music. It's not that he likes it, but he actually needs mm-hmm. to hear the music there. Um, this this job, it, it, they in the synopsis, Tyler, they say this is a destined to fail or doomed to fail uh, job. It wasn't doomed to fail. Baby just messed it up. Yeah, that's like he 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 could have just done the job, and then yeah. he could have said, "Hey, Debbie." We're going to leave the day after I do this. Yeah. Like there was no, like he was the one who made it destined to fail because he was the one who turned, you know, because typically, yeah. you, you know, you see these characters, you think, oh, is Bat's going to turn? Is Buddy going to turn? It ended up being him, the the good guy. Yeah. 
Andy, was Bat's death surprising to you? I mean, obviously it happened fast, so surprising that, but <laughs> I thought he was going to be the, the big bad one at the end. Did it shock you that he was the first to go down? Yes, absolutely. I was not expecting John Hamm to turn into the T-1000 <laughs> at the end. And just, I mean, it's so funny when, when Darling dies that Buddy now is like, ah! like, just, like goes insane after that. But I'm glad they killed uh, Jamie Foxx the way they did because it was, it was definitely like, oh, shit. Like, you know, it was not, especially that way. I wasn't expecting it like that. We, I think we've all seen pipes and stuff off the back of cars and thought of that at some point <laughs> yeah. to a degree. Too. Final destination, but, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, Tyler, I felt Andy said it was funny because he's just heartless. But I felt <laughs> a little sad when Darling got shot. I was like, oh no, not Darling. Oh, darling. No, I didn't say Darling. I said when Jamie Fox. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah. When she goes down, I. I mean, I expected Buddy to go down too. And then, but then it does make sense because, yeah, because once they take Jamie Foxx, you know, once they take Bats out of the equation, it was like, oh, yeah, there's no real bad guy anymore. It's just the cops after him. So, yeah, Buddy uh, or Darling going down is, I think, heartbreak. But, yeah, uh, I remember audibly gasping in the theater when, even this time, I think, second time, even though I knew it was coming, when he slams into it and just be like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, very, it's visceral. Yeah. But it's it, it it was just a great way to do. I like I do like that he had to use the car in pretty much every person mm -hmm. he killed to kill somebody. Like that was his weapon. I mean, he sure he, he used a gun a little bit, but for the most part, the the cars were his weapon. And I like that Buddy went ballistic after this because it, it, it felt like he had a reason. Like not only did this go wrong, not only am I probably like not going to be able to go back to my Wall Street job. But now my girlfriend's dead. I've lost everything and I'm taking everyone down with me. It felt like a, it felt like I believed it, but also I felt like I believed it in a way that was like, you, he was cool to you, baby. You really messed this up. Like he was actually like friendly to you. You're talking about queen. You were connecting him with music. You were both drivers before he said he used to drive. And so it felt kind of like it was a surprise that he was the, the crazy one. I don't mm -hmm. know. I think when you have hair like that, you gotta be the main bad guy. <laughs> At least Darling. When you look that out. worn out and pale yeah. and sweaty the entire <laughs> yeah. movie, yeah. I that's one of those haircuts. I hate that haircut because it's one of those haircuts I'd see and go, I bet that'd look sick. And then I'd get it and I'd look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, Jack, what are you doing? Like, oh, I want to look like John Hamm. <laughs> Who doesn't, Jack? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um Dreamboat. Uh so baby gets to the diner, but buddy is there waiting for him. And just as he's about to shoot Debbie, the police show up to use the bathroom after a quick distraction from another waitress, baby gets buddy's gun and shoots him. Baby takes off, but buddy isn't dead. Baby steals another car and heads over to doc to get the tape of his mom back. Doc agrees to help baby, but the butchers guys show up and doc shoots them to help baby. But Buddy is back, and he runs over Doc. When Buddy tries to run over Baby, Baby leapfrogs the car and gets into one of his own, and the two go through the parking structure until Baby is able to switch cars and eventually push Buddy over the side of the building, or so we thought. Buddy blows out <laughs> Baby's ears before going to kill Debbie. Baby grabs the gun, shoots Buddy's leg, and Buddy falls over the edge onto the car and dies in an explosion. Baby wakes so we think. See so explode, yeah. <laughs> crawls out. <laughs> <He just keeps going. laughs> and uh 
So anyways, Baby wakes up in a car with Debbie driving, listening to Baby's mom sing. The cops find them, though, and stop them. Debbie wants to run, but Baby stops her and gives himself up. Baby goes to jail, even though Debbie, the post office employee, and others try to testify in his defense. He still gets 25 years of possible parole after five of them. His real name is Miles, and eventually he gets out, and Baby and Debbie go for a ride in their sick car. Tyler, this is where, uh, again, it feels like the ending was a little overthought. A li- I-, I feel like there's a little few. T- I-, I like uh, essentially what we get. I like that Debbie and Baby end up together. I like the play on the fact that his real name is Miles. Miles Prower. Prower, which is his just- last name is Prower. <laughs> oh, gosh. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Miles uh, Prower. Uh, wow. <laughs> a little heavy handed, but. Uh, okay. Little heavy, but uh, it's still fun. Uh, but like, this is again where it was like, I don't know, I felt like there was just so much. Going- I feel like I would rather they just the car explodes and they ride off into the sunset, <laughs> yeah. It, do- it does feel a little uh, like a little overdone almost. I, I was expecting a lot more of a you know, open ended kind of, especially because I feel like that fits the tone of the rest of the movie is it kind of being an op- open ended ending, but yeah, they definitely tie it all up <laughs> over yeah. overly tied, really. Yeah, I don't know, Andy. I just I felt kind of crummy, you know, when he had to go to jail for at minimum five years. I was like, oh, that's not, that's not. Well, fun. I got a question then because I almost thought it was like a dream sequence at the end that he got out. Do we know for sure that he got out and they like rode off together? What Maybe happened? Right, because sure? it was a. It looked just like his previous dream sequence. So. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure yeah. if that's maybe he never happened. got off the bridge. We don't. <laughs> and y- you yeah. know what? What? What a jerk! He took the keys out and threw them in the water. <laughs> I'm like, how is she gonna get home? Yeah, he didn't even think about her. And look, I'm sure they had a connection, but you're in jail for five years. After about six months, I have a feeling Debbie's like, you know what? I didn't even really know this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I? What am I doing here? I think. Yeah. She's gonna meet Punisher at the at the diner and be like, "Hey, who's <laughs> and- this guy?" And how did she get this car? She's a she's driving all over the country, and she a waitress at a, a diner. How does she afford that car? Not important, but unanswered questions. These Call are it. things I wag my fingers at. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did, I did like their scene. Uh, speaking of the diner, uh, perfect song. I thought it's Barry White playing mm-hmm. John Ham just at the. Uh, what do you call that? It's not really a bar. What do you, is it a bar? No, I I like the you, call it the, you call it the bar. Just the counter. Yeah. The counter or counter. I, yeah. I just like that. Like he's got the gun underneath the newspaper and dumb cop walks, but I just like that whole setup there. Cause it's, is definitely like some nice tension and it leads to, I thought another funny line where, uh, where they steal that car from those two kind of like stoner guys. He's like, I'm going to shoot you. And she's like, he literally did two minutes ago. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it was, um, uh, you know, all things I know I'm being a little critical and saying, why did they do this? They didn't need that, but it was a fun ride. And, and Tyler, you talked about it and I want you to kind of elaborate on it. The, uh, doc helping mm-hmm. baby in the end, because even after he started helping, I was like, oh, he's just setting him up. Something's yeah. going to happen. Something's going to happen. But it's kind of a feel good moment that doc actually followed through and took care of this kid. Yeah, I do think that I think that is like one of those tropes that Edgar Wright kind of turned on its head of because I was expecting I was like, oh, he's going to turn on him. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen a bunch of these movies. That's how it always goes. But seeing him actually turn and say, you know, I was in love once and then defend him was. Yeah, it was actually like a really heartwarming part uh, near the end there. 
Though I will say that scene where he kills them, because the, the movie's R, and I feel like that's the only scene where anything necessarily R-rated happens. When uh, yeah. when Doc blows their heads off and he gets run over, because I was I was thinking watching it last night, I was thinking, I I can't remember any other parts of this movie. I'm like, oh yeah, that's why it's R-rated. But Jamie uh, Fox, uh, bats getting impaled, probably. So. Oh yeah, that too. But, but yeah, I feel like uh, it being R-rated honestly was a little uh, unnecessary. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that stuff could have really been edited around to keep it PG-13 if they had wanted to. Yeah, they really could have. Um, <laughs> they didn't need Buddy's character to run over Kevin Spacey twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a great. No, that was though. I loved how it did make me like, oh, geez. And yeah. It, it kind of showed just how reckless these guys are with their cars too. Not reckless, but like. <laughs> that is something Jess said when he was trying to escape uh, during the shootout and he kept crashing into stuff. Jess, she, my girlfriend, she just says, if he drove less recklessly, he'd be fine. He would have gotten away. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Like if he just was driving normally, he's he just in a Walmart parking lot slamming into car after cars. <laughs> yeah. 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 If he just drove normally, the police would probably have thought like, Oh, that's just a person leaving, you know? They did nope. that the whole movie. I noticed that like Kevin Spacey would just peel out of a spot <laughs> and they did when they like in the beginning, they they all jumped into different cars and they all peeled out. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Just play it cool, man. Play it cool, guys. Play it cool. Um, but uh, all in all, uh, going back, this was like I said at the beginning, I think a movie that I really enjoyed the first time. Second time, I don't think it hits quite the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because so much of it is listening to the dialogue and listening to the music and once you sort of know where that's going to go it doesn't doesn't really resonate the way it does Mm -hmm. the first time through uh but still an enjoyable movie still a very cool movie i think it aged well outside of the kevin spacey aspect uh (laughs) but uh overall it was was fun to go back and and give it another watch and um overall i I enjoyed it Uh, tyler you get the last word because you're the guest uh but andy what uh, what were your overall thoughts going back on this one? Yeah, kind of like what you said. Um, I really enjoyed it first time around because I thought it was it's so unique. And I still think that. But yeah, once you kind of see it once, you're kind of like, yep, I remember this. Cool. And but I do think like the music stuff, I didn't really notice last time. Like Tyler said, with the actual like bullets being shot to the beat was pretty. I mean, you don't see that in any other movie. So that was definitely pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. Like, you know, not, not quite as, as fun as the first time around, but still, still a fun time. Yep. Absolutely. And Tyler, last words on this one. How do you want to, um, how do you want to put a bow on this one? <laughs> well, uh, I, you know, the, th- the things that are really strong are really strong. I think the stuff that's not, there's nothing necessarily bad in my opinion. It's just stuff that is kind of like, it's, it's a typical to that kind of genre, but I do really love, uh, Edgar Wright's style on the action, the the how clean the visuals were on the on the the stunts and the choreo and to the music especially, um, I say like that that style of his, which I mean I guess Hot Fuzz, Sean the Dead could kind of be considered action, um, World's mm-hmm. End, but I think you really get to see like in full force here, and I love that part of it, and I do love. There's a lot a lot of good funny quotes, um, but yeah, I would say it, it could have benefited from maybe being shorter. Because, like you had said, there are a lot of scenes that kind of felt redundant at some point. Whereas, you know, like okay, if we've been hitting this hitting this note for a while, we could uh, move on. Yeah, I will. And again, I guess just add into the the beauty of this movie. I think for me, besides the music, is the characters. Like every yeah. character is interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Like I said, I would be totally down to see a sequel. It's funny, even though I'm saying it's long and yeah. things felt like they were drug out, I'd be totally down to see yeah. Baby more Driver of too. these characters. Which, if I remember correctly, I think Edgar Wright has said this is one of the only, he's written a sequel for it. And I think that's one of the oh. only movies he's uh, given like the sequel treatment for. But I don't know if he said if he plans on actually developing it at some point. You, you know what I, I think, too, in this movie, they get away with like kind of cheesy dialogue. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking how about the bananas, how he's like, yeah. I didn't hear them say bananas. So I knew something <laughs> was wrong. And then later she says, like, this is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A, whatever that line was. I'm like, yeah, that works. Because like they're able about, to pull that stuff up. There's something about when you're like these cool characters that you say stupid stuff and it it works because you're a cool mm-hmm. like. It happens a lot in like Quentin Tarantino movies where it's so cool. But like, if someone actually said that to me in real life, I'd be like, okay, cool guy. What are you, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, no, who yeah. talks like that? In Kill Bill, she says like tricks are for kids or something. And you're just like, so th- there's that funny self-aware moment when, uh, when darling gives that speech to bats and he was like, Oh, that was, like, that was some Oscar worthy shit. Uh, like, yeah, like yeah. did you rehearse that? Like, so there is a little bit of a self-awareness, I think to, to some of it, the way they all, they all talk hard, very intentionally yeah. to come across as criminals. Right. Um, but yeah, the only thing holding back a sequel though, everyone's dead except for baby. Like who, I mean, I guess Griff is out there. Yeah. Joe. Supposedly. Yeah. Rome in the streets. Joe. I was Griff and Joe. In a buddy Busting baby out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I wanted to ask about Joe. So th- I didn't even realize that he, so he brings him to some like senior home. He can't even yeah. bring him inside. Yeah. Like, are kinda they like, not open? Kind of like dropping him off like outside the hospital almost. Yeah, I was, like <laughs> I was kind of like, can't knock on the door, you know? It would be funny. Joe's like knocking on the door, like help, you know, trying to get in. Like, We're closed. I'm back tomorrow. It's oh. not even a senior home. It's like some rec center or something. Or there, he can't talk. So there's like, what is it? <laughs> yeah. uh, Hello. Maybe the sequel's Joe finding love in the retirement home. Who knows? Oh, there we go. <laughs> it has nothing to do with babies or driving. Nothing. Just Joe <laughs> trying to pick up chicks. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so Andy, I'm very curious. Uh, this is entirely, this is where we play a little game. Uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We're going to see if Andy can connect someone from this movie to Kevin Bacon. I'm actually interested to see who you pick and how you get there. Kevin Spacey was in seven with Brad Pitt, who was in sleepers with Kevin Bacon. Oh, that was too easy. <laughs> I totally forgot he, he's in, he's in seven. I mean, he's a main character and I still, don't think of him when I think of that movie. Uh, but that was too easy. We'll have to make it harder next time. I think next time it will be very hard because next show, we're going to 2018 to chat about Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to 2019 for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 2020 for Tenant, which I am terrified of trying to break down because I've not seen it yet. But everyone tells me it's the most confusing movie in the world and I have to write notes for it. So I am... <laughs> very worried i haven't seen it yet either but uh i think i actually already have a way to connect uh to to kevin bacon from into the spider verse but uh we'll save that for later that does it for this episode Uh, i'm jack farmer you can find me at real jack farmer across all social media uh and that's where you can see all the stuff i'm working on andy where can the world find you and all your stuff you can find me at just andy rossi and tyler thanks so much for joining us it was a blast if anyone wants to follow you and check out uh your life, where can they find you online? 
Uh, you guys can find me uh, on Instagram at tboxart. Post uh, some of my artwork. I'll be posting some storyboards and original stuff up soon. So, yeah. Very cool, everyone. Make sure to go check that out. That does it for us this time around in our review of Baby Driver. Once again, like, comment, share, subscribe. Leave a comment letting us know what you thought of the movie and what you thought of our review. Do you agree, disagree? Uh, do you have any answers to the questions that we raised? Let us know in the comments. Is Buddy uh, still alive? Is Buddy still alive? Yeah, because <laughs> we didn't see the body. We didn't, unless you see the body. It could be a sequel. They're <laughs> absolutely good. Ted Darling or Darling could still be alive. I almost call her Darlene. Uh, <laughs> she has half the the gumption that Buddy has, and yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Darling seemed like a quitter after a little yeah. <laughs> But uh, that does it for us. Uh, we'll see everybody next year. <laughs>